Hello, welcome to XI Cafe, the experience improvement podcast brought to you by InMoment. Um, my name is Simon Benz. I'm a sales director at InMoment, and today I'll be talking to Marianne Gabrielle, uh, who's the show director for the Customer Show, which is the largest CX-focused event in the APAC region. We'll be hearing um, about what you can expect to see at the Customer Show this year, as well as getting her unique insider knowledge of, on what the key trends and concerns are for CX professionals in the region and APAC. Hello and welcome, Marianne. How are you doing? Hi, Simon. Good, thanks. So, um, thanks so much for having me. Oh, very excited to have you. Um, you've got a fairly unique position, I think, in that you you know you speak to thousands of, of CX professionals through the course of your working year and hundreds of vendors and you're kind of in the middle of all of it so I think that out of everyone we're ever going to speak to you've got quite a unique perspective on where the market is and is also heading um, so yeah thanks for coming on but before we dive into it for those people that have been living under a rock for the last the last couple of years what is the customer show yeah no and thanks so much for that introduction as well um, I sometimes like to kind of um, think of myself at least um, as that in that person who gets all the gossip from different organizations really so um yeah it's a it's a really um fun sort of role that I, I have because I do talk like you said to so many different industries every day but um when it comes to the customer show uh this that's an exhibition that really focuses on you know uniting anyone who plays an active or a passive role in that customer journey under the one roof so to give a little bit of context, we launched the customer show last year in May, um, so back in 2022. It was a few years in the making, and the show in itself, it brings together over 2,000 different leaders across CX, digital marketing, um, contact centers, customer insights, um, so many different profiles of people. So, um, and it also, you know, we host um, hun over a hundred speakers. We have eight programs that run concurrently, over fifty um, exhibitors as well. So, um, yeah, I guess the this show is really um, focused on uniting the a lot of different roles in the CX ecosystem. So, it's not necessarily an event purely for CX leaders. It's also an event for your digital leaders or professionals as well. So whether you're starting out, you're intermediate or you're a senior leader, we have programs for everyone um, and sessions for everyone, but um, designed for those people, those in um, data, those in employee experience. Um, and it really, we, we really wanna, you know, bring together all those different profiles of people so that we can, you know, talk around how do we work collaboratively as an organization and how do we, um, yeah, prioritize, I guess, the right initiatives at the right time. It makes, uh, I was there last year and I absolutely loved it. Um, and I'm looking forward to it again, again this year. I've, I can't believe that such a, a show of its size exists in, in Australia. So thanks for putting it on. Um, and one of the things that, that we also see as companies mature is that convergence of job roles. So if an organization is truly becoming customer centric, it is not the sole function of a team called the CX team to do all of it. It's every single department that touches customer or touches product or touches brand is involved in some way, shape or form in driving customer centricity. Um, so I completely get the, the, the logic in bringing these different groups together. Um, and certainly from some of the people that I was speaking to at the event, they would be bringing sort of 20 different people along from their entire business 
and they're all cross-pollinating ideas, having workshops when they get back in the office and uh, really driving that, that strategy. Um, so thanks for running it. Um, in terms of what you want these attendees to actually walk away from the event having achieved, is there something that, that's a real focus for you this year? Yeah, um, and thanks for that. Like, I remember seeing you at the show, seeing the whole In Moment team. So you guys have like an awesome stand and yeah, yeah it was busy at literally every single minute of the day. So that was also um, really great to see, but you do have um, a really cool solution to help with that. So, um, but no, um, in terms of what we really want brands to, um, I guess, people to walk away from, um, there's, there's, to be honest with you, there's so many different areas, but I think the most important thing that, and the real mandate and story behind this show, at least, and what I personally really want people to understand is, you know, when we talk around, you know, working collaboratively as an organization, and when I, even when I say prioritizing the right things at the right time, what I'm referring to is really bringing together, um, so yeah, bringing together the full community, but having, you know, really working cross-functionally. So, you know, let's say that you're a CX um, professional and you're doing um, a certain program of work, you know, how do you make sure that your, your program of work and your initiatives that you're doing are really helping to support, for example, it could be the digital team or the marketing team. If the marketing team, for instance, has a specific priority that they're trying to really push, maybe that's around driving customer loyalty and retention, something that I know a lot of CX leaders love to talk about because it's a really important thing for them. How do we make sure that, you know, we're working with the marketing function to you know, align our branding or our objectives with what they want to do and vice versa. How does marketing make sure, for instance, that they're aligned with the digital team and the new initiatives digital is doing when it comes to self-service, for example? There's a lot of different priorities and focus areas that organizations have. They all have an outcome to achieve good customer experience in one way or another. But, you know, bringing, you know, making sure that all these different departments are aligned to that and working towards the same specific goal at a specific point in time is really important because if we don't do that then we're going to end up in a situation where we have an amazing strategy in all these individual departments we've said oh yeah we're going to be hitting x numbers doing these metrics but then it doesn't actually get executed at the time in which we need it to be executed because there's a hold up in another department or whatnot so really looking at how do we work collaboratively and you know don't, don't just think of ourselves as individual departments supporting another department. No, we're all in, as one in this and we're all focused on good customer experience. How we do that, we need to work together much more collaboratively to get that kind of done, really. There is an awful lot to unpick in that. And if you're able to get every single organization to, to get to that point, at the end of the show, you've done, you've done the world a massive favor. I think so that's 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 definitely aim for that um but i guess what you're talking about in the first instance and i i know this is still something that has to be discussed it's a shame it does is breaking down organizational silos so organizations are not working individually and rather than having cx as a as a division or a team should be something that is a cross-functional capability embedded into each of the key organizational functions and then I guess the other part of what you're talking about is, is collecting enough data across what's happening in each of these different areas and enabling the senior stakeholder to make better prioritization decisions 
based on what's going to have the biggest impact at the the right time across the customer journey that's going to help the business in in the the best possible way i guess have i understood what you were saying correctly there yeah, so that's exactly right. And I think there's two elements to this, right? So to your point around, you know, making sure that the senior stakeholders are really unpacking and understanding that data, that is critical. You can't, and I, I highly doubt anyone's going to disagree with um, with us in saying this, is that you can't, you know, do anything. You can't create a real strategy that will be sustainable unless you have that data and unless you understand your customer behaviours very, very clearly. It's making sure that the data that we have and this other uh, what we're looking at is really aligned across the department. So let's say, just as for an example, your CCO goes and puts together a, a strategy, and it's focused on you know certain data that he, um, he or she may have you know looked at, and they've they've you know said this is what we're going to be focused on. The CMO has to be aligned with that. The COO. As, as odd as it sounds, because operations isn't usually in you know, the CX space, they need to be aligned with it as well. We need to be looking at the same you know, customer data and the same focus and, and really be focused collectively on what we want to achieve. It's not just necessarily individual departments. Um, that's one point. And then the second point that you mentioned was around the decentralization. That is a really interesting topic that um, a lot of people have very different opinions on, actually. So um, I think, and this is my personal opinion, and please, anyone who wants to disagree, please feel free. But over time, um, and this isn't a one year, two year sort of strategy, it's really, you know, this might be 10 years from now. CX should be decentralized. Um, Ideally, you would want it to be um, every, all these individual departments, everyone's roles, you want them to really look at, you know, their role as, you know, always working towards good customer experience. So as an example, um, the, I, I love to use Zappos from the US as an example, just because, you know, they do really cool stuff when it comes to the customer experience and customer engagement. They, they were a startup originally. So they started their, um, the mandate was always around good customer service. So their contact centers is really focused on CX. And it's always around how do we deliver the best service no matter the cost for our customers. They were one of the first people to actually do this like a a long time ago. And over time, their brand and the way that they've kind of driven a culture has always been around, you know, CX. Now, it's easy for a startup to do this, not as easy for a very, um, you know, a large corporation that hasn't done this in the past to start doing it. So I think over time, we should be looking at the decentralization, hopefully of CX. Depending on the organization, we sometimes do still need a centralized function as well to help support with different programs of work. So yeah. there's always two sides of the story, I guess, on that. It's an, in- it's an, interesting, it's an interesting point. And I, I think that there's steps you can go along on the way to going from being a centralized function to a decentralized function that will still allow you to, to have the impact. Because the big problem with a centralized function is that you, you, you're collecting this data, hopefully doing a good job of it. You're pinging out surveys, getting feedback, you're analyzing it, you're getting some insights, um, and you're not able to influence the business enough with those insights. That they Either they are listening to you, they're not following through, there's no governance around the insights to action piece. Whereas decentralized, obviously, you've you've got the insights in the hands of the people that can make the change, which is a really important thing. I think the step in the middle, and this is where a lot of our customers currently are, 
is where they build out cross-functional squads where they've got CX um, uh, kind of CX champions, if you like, in each of these different areas. So a company that's done it really, really well over the years is Medibank, if we're going to, uh, who mm. one of the, the key reasons that they, I mean, theirs is probably the biggest corporate turnaround in Australian history, and it was all driven by customer centricity. But the, the bit where the rubber hit the road, it wasn't so much the the collection piece, it, the, the analysis was pretty cool, but they had cross-functional squads that were taking the insights using stats analysis to prioritize which is going to have the biggest impact, but then going ahead and doing it and then reporting back two weeks, three weeks, depending on the size of the sprint later on exactly what it has been and then remeasuring to be able to demonstrate that what has happened has made an impact against whatever core, core metric it is. And if I think across some of the more mature customers we have, they've all got these kind of cross-functional layers where they've got individuals within operations, digital, call center, wherever it is, who are the CX champions. They get together every week. They share and cross-pollinate ideas, but they actually make things happen one off the back of the insights that, yeah. that this, this core team's getting. Is that a yeah. framework you no, see I many organizations with? Yeah, um, yeah, well, it's really interesting you mentioned that. And I love that format as well, because I completely agree with you. I think it's a really good way of kind of complementing. So you've got that centralized and decentralized function as well. And it's a very yeah. organic kind of transition. Um, I know, like, I remembered actually the customer show last year when I met with um, Intuit QuickBooks, like they do something really similar um, from memory where, you know, they look at having a center of excellence and they're doing a very, very similar thing. At least they definitely were last year and they actually, yeah, they would be this year as well, where they have, um, yeah, different sort of um, team members um, across different functions. It doesn't matter who it is, really. It doesn't matter what your role is. It's just focused on, all right, well, how do we get all these departments really prioritizing CX and that customer experience? So that's amazing. And then, yeah, there's several others. Um, um, even in the transportation um, industry, um, John Holland is an interesting one because they work, um, they, they do it with other transport organizations so you know the team in um, New South Wales I remember um, Yvette telling me she was working with Zena who was another speaker at our event as well so she's from Adelaide and they created like this their own center of excellence because what they needed to do is they needed to you know work across multiple states to figure out all right well what are you doing right what are you guys doing um, wrong so that we can make sure that we're all creating a really good customer experience and God knows transport is complicated enough without you know um, without looking at it from states, but, you know, they've been doing some really amazing work there. So, um, yeah, like when you said that, it just, it, those two kind of came to mind because there, there is some really good stuff happening um, when it comes to, yeah, that, that, yeah, like getting, I guess, internal advocates for the customer. It's, um, it's the bit, I think, where we sometimes come in and add the, the value so when we when we take on board new customers who've already been running a voc program we very rarely change the the front end too much like surveys are surveys you're collecting the feedback where, where a lot of programs seem to hit a wall is is both delivering an impact off the back of the insights gathered and then demonstrating the impact off the back of the insights gathered which are two different things but both equally important and should really be just a continuous framework where you're delivering impact, demonstrating it was great, 
finding out the new insights, delivering, and, and so it so it goes on. Um, yeah. And it, it's it's uh, the start of the year. All of the analysts do the old scaremongering, um, uh, you know, to try and drum up business, I guess, for for their reports. But one of the the analysts recently um, put out that one in five CX programs are advanced to disappear in 2023, and 54% of CX pros are unable to prove the ROI of their projects. So, so it looks like many CX professionals are still struggling to both deliver impact and then also demonstrate impact. Part of that is what we've talked about with the, the, the company structure, breaking down the organizational silos to have the impact. Um, what would you say um, is it would be the, the key tips that you've picked up from maybe some other organizations that you've been speaking to when it comes to demonstrating the delivering impact and then also demonstrating it? Yeah. So, well, when it comes to delivering the impact, um, it's really around, um, so at least the tips that I've seen and the way that it's worked really well with organizations is exactly what we've just been saying. So it's around your organizational structure and really making sure that, you know, your departments are aligned. So it's looking first and foremost at the data and understanding what your customers actually value. So one really um, interesting conversation, and there's no right or wrong answer to this, but it's looking at when you're talking around CX, what comes first? Is it your product? Is it your brand? Is it your service? Um, most people tell me it's their service when I ask this question, but it's not always. So what exactly do your customers value? When you're able to actually really understand that, and you will only understand that through data, you can't just make an assumption on, you know, what your customers actually care about, because you might go, um, you might, I don't know, like go to an airline, for example, um, yeah. and you might say, oh, I just love the deals and the, um, or, or I love the brand, whatever it might be. But actually the reason, you know, the hidden um, undertones behind it is that they have really good service. As an example, you need to, as a brand, understand what your customers care about. And then from there, you build the right strategy so that you can, um, you know, you can firstly deliver so this is the main thing right now is how do you deliver the impact? So deliver a really good experience by understanding what your customers want and then creating strategies. And it can be micro strategies. It doesn't need to be this massive grand piece of work that um, that completely reshifts re the organization. Sometimes when um, people come into the CX roles, they might want to really make an impact and change everything. Sometimes you don't need to. You just can do subtle things and complement other departments. Um, so I think that's an important thing. And then when it comes, I guess, to demonstrating it, um, that's on the delivering, but then we need to talk around demonstrating it. So the it's not hard to prove ROI. That's the most important thing. It's really around, I mean, I don't know, Simon, if you if you disagree with yeah. me. A lot um, of people find I it hard. I should, I, I should, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't what think it's hard. Magic? So, so, well, it's really around um, looking at kind of, um, it's a few things, right? So a lot of times we look at the metrics and we say, oh, we've got a great NPS store. That's us demonstrating the value. Not necessarily because you've demonstrated the value. I mean, don't get me wrong. An NPS score or those sort of metrics tells you that you're on the right track. But when you need to actually demonstrate ROI, you need to actually see, well, you know, from this program of work, from this initiative, um, have we seen an increase in customer retention? Have we yeah. seen um, have we seen customer acquisition go up? Have we seen I don't know referrals like 
and it's complicated. Oh, actually, yeah, I'm contradicting myself. I say it's complicated. It can be complicated to do it in the first year, but over time, it's not. You can you can get that insight so long as you're tracking it very well and you're working with the other departments as well to understand it. Because marketing might say, "Oh, yeah, our email is what drove higher customer acquisition." Well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was something else that we did in the background. So understanding that and then demonstrating that is important. The challenge, I think, is that sometimes we're not being asked about the ROI. Sometimes, you know, you're going into a program of work and Simon, disagree with me if you don't think this is the case. I've just noticed it with, the, with several organizations. They don't demonstrate ROI because they're not being asked to demonstrate ROI. They're asked to, um, you know, do, do, do this new initiative, improve our CX, improve our self-service function, whatever it might be but they're not being asked, okay, well, what's the return until the crunch time comes. And then we're, set, we're looking at the books and we're struggling in one way or another. And we're saying, all right, well, what can we remove? Well, operations have said that they've reduced costs. Um, customer service is, you know, automating a lot of different areas. What is, has CX said in the meetings and in, you know, um, catch-ups that they're proving, you know, they've, they've seen an increase in X amount of money. Haven't done that you're not going like when things get tough you're going to be looked at as not necessarily demonstrating that ROI yeah I am um, I would wholeheartedly agree with you and I think that like a large part of the successful programs we see um, are where we've worked with the client before we've even started looking at the program to figure out what the why is and the why tends to fall into four or five economic pillars are we trying to reduce churn are we trying to increase acquisition are we trying to reduce Cost, um, total cost of operation? Are we trying to reduce call center volumes? Are we, whatever the, the, are we trying to increase share of wallet? You know, get the amount someone's spending with us to go up by improving the CX. But once you've, once you've embedded that, um, what we, what we see mature companies do versus immature companies is the mature companies look at it from a journey based view. So you're talking about brand services and, and products. If I'm trying to get a, home loan, for example, then my journey starts when I'm thinking about what brands to work with. Um, my journey continues as I'm going through the digital journey. Maybe I'm going through the calculators on the website to find out how much I can get. Then it continues through the broker, which is a service piece. So that whole journey of onboarding a home loan touches brand services, digital, the whole piece. And from my perspective, I don't think of them as individual elements as a customer. I'm thinking of them as just a continuous whole of that customer, of that, of that, of that, of that organization, and how it's helping me achieve my my goal. Um, once you've got that mapped out, we find that then it's kind of easy to, to start figuring out exactly what you were talking about. What are the key moments along that journey that are having the biggest impact? to the customer. Journey mapping exercise tends to be the, the, the way we do that. But you'd also, if you've got the data, be using something like true driver analysis to see whether or not what you think is important to the customer actually is truly important. But so that's all the smarts behind it. But the real smarts for some of the companies we work with, you've actually managed to, to deliver financial impact rather than just see an NPS score go up, is figuring out where they are actually going to have the most impact. So just because it's the most impactful thing to a customer, if you can't change it, like superannuation fees, you can't really change that. Everyone complains about it, has a massive negative impact. But if you're not going to be able to change it, really don't focus on it. Whereas if you are able to change something within the call center, that 
maybe doesn't have quite as big of an impact, but at least you know that you're able to pull that lever with a with less resistance, then that might be a, a better place to start. And that's where the there's part of it is science, and then the other part of it is art. And the art is trying to figure out, and each organization is different, which is the lever that's going to be easiest to pull. And then once you've pulled it, you can start demonstrating ROI and all the other levers become a bit easier because people are oh, okay, this 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 thing's this thing's working. Um pretty well got on a bit of a tirade there Marianne but it's something that I I truly truly care about um because it's so much more than just sending out some surveys and hearing what customers are saying it's about understanding the whole customer journey what what are these people trying to achieve and then also understanding what's going to have the biggest impact downstream um when it comes to proving the value oh sorry you go sorry let me just add one more thing as well and like um it's also around like when we're talking around what, you know, what our customers needs are and, you know, what we also want to achieve. Um, it's really looking at what your customer promises, right? So yes. sometimes we think, well, you know, our competitor or not even our competitor, actually, it can be a completely different brand. So we used to always say, I still do say it, like, you know, it doesn't matter if your um, if your customer is, um, you know, speaking with a bank or they're speaking with, um, or they're buying something from the grocery store, they still expect a really good um, service, no matter what the industry is. However, that's within reason, right? Because you know, like an airline is going to have a lot more budget to digitize something than a city council, for example, right? So, you know, when we think around what we can and can't do, we look at also around what is our customer promise? What is our customers expecting from us? And then we create strategies and we do small incremental changes based on what our customers' expectations. If you try to do this massive program of work, you know, you have the budget this year, you don't know if you're going to have the budget next year to do it, or you might not have the internal resources. It's not always about money. It's also about people. If you don't necessarily, um, if you try to change so much, um, all at once, you know, you're changing what your customer promises, you're changing what the expectation is. So sometimes I hesitate kind of promoting doing a complete rehaul of your CX because you might not necessarily need to. Um, so that's just one thing as well. Well, the whole thing should be incremental, right? That that it should be a continuous improvement framework as opposed to something that you do and then stop doing. It should just be a, a, an iterative embedded process in the culture of the organization. Um, and yeah, you, you, you're, you're quite right. Um, linking back to the brand promise is something that massively helps when it comes to, if we're going to take it all the way back to how do we stop CX teams disappearing and people being able to demonstrate ROI, linking it to the brand promise and whatever that is, and then just measuring how you're performing against that brand promise kind of makes you an essential part of the organization because a company can't have a brand promise unless you're measuring performance against it. Otherwise, what's the what's the point? Um, and it is easier to tie back into NPS sometimes is something that's hard for people to truly understand the value of, but measuring the performance against brand promise is something that everyone in the business is going to be able to, to understand um, and, and make sense of. Um, and in terms of the ROI, linkage i know you said it was said it was easy and to be honest some of the maths is um but if you do everything at once you can't really tell what's had the impact so we always try and encourage doing things iteratively so you can actually make it easier to prove out that this initiative here has had this impact on churn for example or this 
and maybe even do some A-B testing where if you're rolling out a closed loop feedback program, you're not doing it to all the customers. You maybe if you've got enough, if you're, you know, you're able to, to do this, do it to, to 60% and not the others. And then you can measure what that initiatives had versus those that are in the control group, if you see what I mean. And if it works and you can prove it out, then roll it out across everyone else. Um, and, and last, the brand promise. We work with, I reckon, two thirds of all major insurers in Australia. And some of them are, their brand promise is budget, right? And some of them, their brand promise is, you know, we're the full bells and whistles upper end. So the way that these organizations build out their CX program, spend money on it, manage it, is going to be different because the expectations of the customer with with one kind of more budget insurer is is massively different to that of a of a kind of higher end brand promise insurer. Just looking at the clock, Marianne, um, I think we're probably not far from running out of time. So very quickly, can we just maybe spend two seconds talking about what in moments role is at the customer show and how in, you know, how people can come and find out more and, and engage with us yeah definitely so uh, what um, are we doing yeah so i'm <laughs> <laughs> coming down in two so, weeks, what are we up to? Um, <laughs> simon's going to be there with bells and whistles um you actually will be i remember seeing a massive see there was one photo and i loved it he looked like a child at christmas like he was so happy at the show anyway um so uh the team at in moment are one of our foundation partners um at the customer show so they're going to be sitting on a panel in our next gen cx um conference room which is one of our main uh main programs and main theaters running at the event yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you'll have uh, a massive um, booth at the show. Um, people can come. I think that you're part of our passport drive as well. So um, the customer show is giving away a $10,000 holiday um, prize. So the idea behind is that you go to the in moments. We'll give you a card of registration and then go to in moment stamp. Um, stand and get a stamp from um, either Simon or a member of his team. And um send it, put, there, there'll be a, um, a box, you pop it in the box and then I'll draw it out at 2 p.m. on the second day and someone's gonna have a lovely holiday. Um, the winner last year, um, the winner last year, can I just say, it was proper, proper, like, I loved it. Um, he was getting married that weekend and he used it for his honeymoon. Um, so it was just, you know, Get, get engaged, everyone, before you come to the show, and then maybe you'll get a, get a little holiday uh, or a little wedding gift from yours truly. Uh, well, that's that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what my wife would say about that, but um, that's a good tip. Good tip to finish on. Um, looking forward to seeing you again in a few weeks' time. Um, for those listening to this, come along and visit us, um, even if you're not directly involved in what we do. Um, we can help you understand how the CX team can impact your role in the business. And um, um, best of luck with the show. I'm sure it will be amazing again. Oh, thanks, Simon. Um, we're very, very excited for um, this year. And yeah, and we'll continue to grow it and um, do an awesome, create an awesome event. And we always, always appreciate in-moment support as well, because we can't do it without you guys. You are very welcome. All right. See you next time.